Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. And as always, big shout out to Andre Suttles with Suttles Solution to help make this podcast possible. I'm excited for today's episode. We have Tracy Lamori, who's on the podcast right now, has quite the career in PR. I'm talking worldwide influence here. So, so Tracy, Thank you for gracing us with your presence and your your expertise for the next few, I guess, 30 to 35 minutes. Well, I am very, that's a very nice intro. Thank you. I'm very, very glad to be here. Thank you for honoring me with the, you know, your airtime. And I'm really glad to be speaking to your audience. Absolutely. I mean, as always, I do love giving our guests an opportunity to introduce themselves to the audience. For, for a lot of times, it's the first first time that our guest and the audience are meeting. So I love to make sure I give the best first impression by letting the guests speak for themselves and talk about what they do and uh, what they're doing here. So, okay. So my bio is starting with, you know, the first line or two of my bio, I'm not reading it, but, you know, just to say what the, the to frame it all. So yes, I'm an international award-winning publicist and I work across industries, literally with everybody from celebrities, TV, uh, you know, authors to entrepreneurs, which a lot of people don't realize that entrepreneurs need publicists just as much as celebrities do. So I literally work across industries. And um, uh, recently I was honored to win the Women in Media Award from the Women of Inspiration um, Universal Women's Network. And uh, yeah, so I that's what I do. <laughs> and I came to that and I did not go to school for that. And I did not... Um, you know, really even plan that. I was just, you know, literally a, a entry level sales and marketing kind of girl in my twenties while also hosting a, a college radio show, which you can do, you know, without just, you know, from being in that space. Yeah. And then that show ended and I still was looking for kind of a way to make a difference in the world and, you know, and talk about social justice issues and that kind of thing. And it was the early days of the internet. And then, um, we ended up finding a case of a, this is where it sounds weird in the business podcast. Absolutely. Finding the case of a, a man who was saying he was innocent on death row in Pennsylvania and nobody was paying attention. Um, it was like a little ad that he'd had to pay for somewhere on the internet that we somehow found. And it was like, I'm not looking for a girlfriend. I, I don't need a you know pen pal. I've just literally, I don't know how to speak to the world. So we help. So my husband and myself, I still can't explain why, but for some reason we were like, how innocent can this guy be? You know, in your twenties, yeah. activists want to change the world. Think you can, you can really, you can. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we wrote a letter. I can't, I still can't explain, you know, why at that moment we wrote to that guy on death row. We, it wasn't even just, you know, you couldn't do an email. So we got some paper and we wrote a letter and we put a stamp on it and still kept thinking, yeah, we're going to do it. And then we went and mailed it. And he wrote back 18 pages, Jimmy Dennis is his name, tightly written on both both sides with all kinds of legal information enough to convince us even by just looking at what he had sent the legal documentation that he had in the cell at that moment that this is you know wrong it says this tall dark-skinned black guy he's this tall light-skinned black guy like it was just literally right from the off the top it was enough to make you go hmm, that's not right yeah literally we it took took years we we you know got more documentation blah 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 long story short i learned how to write a press release on the alta vista 
which was pre-Google. That was specifically. I remember so clearly, 1999. Look, you know, looking at the template for immediate release. Okay, three or four paragraphs, you know, and we sent it all over. And it was hard in those days. It was before the, all the wrongful conviction podcasts. It was before Twitter. It was before Facebook. It was hard in those days. We had email, and it yeah. was hard in those days to get, you know, attention for uh, somebody who was still convicted. Like let still me on ask you. Let me we ask got you this. Not, you know. Um, cause you, you mentioned having that, that pull for just the social injustice and wanting to kind of do something right. Where did that, that, uh, I guess that itch come from, was it something you saw at a young age or was it that ad that you saw that really kind of, um, no, I, uh, I've always, me and my husband always, that was our first death row. We have no idea about the criminal justice system in America at that point. That wasn't something that we'd other that we'd always fought, you know, like basic racism things, anti-corporate thing, but we didn't know, we did not. Uh, know how deep it was in America in terms of, so that wasn't something we were looking at. So that ad opened us up to, you know, that, right. Yeah. But previous to that, no, my husband, the reason I fell in love with my husband when we were 24 is because he was much like me. We were both, we talked for eight hours into the night about, you know, racism and sexism and uh, homophobia and how all those things were wrong. We were going to fix everything. And I was like, that's the first time I've had an eight hour conversation with a guy. And I didn't have to explain to him not to be racist, not to be sexist, not to be any one of those things. It was like, Ooh, wow. So our whole journey together, you know, and before that, I think I always say, I always credit, you know, actually at 10 years old, I was a John Lennon fan, which is yeah. 1980 when he died. And I remember him, some interview, you know, when you're a kid and you really love your idols, you know, and I remember him saying something that struck me back then. I'm glad. Don't look at us to do something. If you like what we're doing, that's great. Do it. But you have the power to do something too, he said. And if you do it, maybe we'll follow you. So you have a good idea. And I thought, you know, I don't know if it was directly from that, but from a very young age, I realized, raise your voice and people will listen. I had no, I wasn't a publicist. I didn't know famous people. I had no, you know, I didn't have money. We didn't, I didn't come from privilege, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I was just, I never was intimidated starting from 15. And that's why everything I've done, you know, has been successful. And it wasn't until recently that I looked at business and that kind of success. I was more, success to me was activism and getting your this out and work. You know, my dad said to me at, at 28, if you, if you and your husband spent as much time building a business as you did with this activist stuff, you know, death row stuff, he said, you'd yeah. be a millionaire by 30. And I was like, huh, he's right. But you <laughs> know what, don't care. <laughs> but so, now I'm working on that. Yeah. So moving with, um, this this uh he was out in Pennsylvania you mentioned and he was on death row and you you got the letter 18 pages written front and back and through the process of working with this gentleman you said you found out how to write a press release for the first time yeah so we were just and you know we were just again when I say working with I was not a publicist then and we weren't looking at it as a thing it was like oh my god what can we these two activists do to help this guy. Hmm, we're not lawyers. We're not, you know, so let's make a web page. So we learned how to make a web page. It was like Netscape in those days. You could just type and make it. So my husband did all that. I did all the writing and the communicating. And, you know, so ultimately we developed a campaign. I learned how to write that press release. We wrote, sent it internationally. People, we got an article in Turkey. We got this and that. And then we went a little deeper. By the way, I should preface this by saying he's free now. It took 25 years, but he was released in 2017. So the world now knows he's innocent. He's releasing music. Please look up Jimmy Dennis on all streaming platforms. Great song called Hate the Skin I'm In, which was a um, uh, talk about reflection on race in America last year after the George Floyd and racism and all that. Not to say he hates the skin he's in. It's about hashtag is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful black skin, but it's about racism. Another song called Tears This Year about just that and also COVID and all the crazy that we've all gone through this year. Yeah. I talk about never, never give up. We're going to get through it. And then a couple of love songs too. So he's making music that he was in Rolling Stone magazine for the music. He's So he's out. Like that's a, 
woohoo, we're, we're like, la- you know, yay. But a lot of, it took a long time. And while and that that case opened us up into the horrible, you know, death penalty issue in America, which, you know, is a whole, I know it's controversial, but in our, in our, you know, we were motivated to, to talk about it. So those press releases that I learned to write, not just for Jimmy Dennis, but about the death penalty ended up getting us, me and my husband with, again, no legal experience and no media experience other than this little radio show in Toronto on CNN, on MSNBC, on Court TV, on A&E, wow. on CBC. The list goes on. And yet it took 10 or 12 years. Here's where we go back to the business story, right? So fast forward 10 years, we're doing all that. We're just doing our sales calls, doing stupid work on the side. It means nothing to us. But spending all our time doing this important advocacy work, it started to look like Jimmy's getting freed. But two years before he was, you know, after the judges were making the decisions and when this slow process now where, oh my God, let's see, he's actually going to get out, but we're still waiting. It suddenly hit me one day as I'm sitting there. Oh my God. You know, because it literally hit me. I said, wait a minute, I don't want to do this anymore. I literally, what I've been doing, like this successful media work, that's actually a job that people do and monetize and are paid for. And that's what, and then I started, you know, looking for freelance opportunities where I'd never done it for pay, but I could say, hey, look, in my other life, I got us on MSNBC, on CNN, on pretty good, eh? Let's see yeah. if I could do that for you. <laughs> and I just needed one or two people to, to let me try. And then I killed those out of the ballpark. And then in 2016, I met on a freelance site, Rosa Parks' cousin, Rosa Parks, okay? Like Rosa Parks, so, <laughs> who before I ever met her cousin, I used to write on the anniversary of her death, thank you, Sister Rosa, you know, yeah. it's a Canadian song by that. So all of a sudden, I'm here on a freelance say Rosa Parks' cousin, Dr. Angela Sadler-Williamson, who had a movie coming out called My Life with Rosie, and then a book that was going to come out, you know, more recently, a children's book about her. And she hires me to be the publicist. Me, the <laughs> white girl from Canada, has that privilege to work with Rosa Parks' cousin. So then two years after that, I'm in Detroit with her, literally sitting in a row. This is where death, I'm helping this guy on death row that nobody's paying attention to. There I am sitting in a row with two rows of Rosa Parks' family members. Like, this is like mythology. Can't even be real, you know? Yeah. And we're watching a documentary about Rosa by my client. And at the end, my name comes up on the screen. Thank you. What was that moment like? Because what you just broke down for so many of our listeners was a, the passion behind what you're doing, working with this gentleman, getting him off death row, right? You're talking about two young people in love, just wanting to change the world, being activists and finding this case to get behind, learning how to write the press releases, getting the word out there. And through that, finding the skill set that is actually applicable and monetizable and beneficial to other people. And then you go searching through the freelance opportunities and then you get this client who is Rosa Parks' cousin and you're sitting like, there. You right? Who would have believed that? What was that moment like? I'm still, like, that was six years ago. We're still working together. And I'm still like, <laughs> I still, if people ever ask me what's the height of success like, i don't care how much money i ever make or whatever in my life and i'm looking back at my deathbed on what was most successful in my business you know or my like my advocacy other than the, you know getting the guy jimmy off death row which we talk to him every day still i mean and that wasn't just me we started the ball rolling and then a legal team came in because they heard about all the, the you know they were looking for a case of factual innocence and they yeah. never would have heard about him from across the country if it wasn't for that work so it ended up being a legal you know it was a long thing it wasn't just ready impressively but you know, other than that involvement, that like, but he credits us with doing it. I say, well, it was a team, but he's like, 
I got to see who started the ball it. Rolling, right? yeah. You know, so, um, but other than that, you know, which obviously is a privilege in my life. And I always say it's not being a hero because I think everybody in the world would do that if they could, but we don't feel empowered. Nobody feels they know how to do that. Yeah. I, on the other hand, was some crazy kid who thought I could do that, you know? So I did, because that's what happens when you, you know, try things. But, um, but you know, um, what was I saying? I mean, I lost my train of thought. No, you're, you're fine because I think that that segues perfectly into having that disbelief of where your career ha- has been able to go. Um, I mean, you, you've been able to accomplish a lot of successful things. And I know a lot of folks, whether they're in media, social media, business, whatever realm they might be in, a lot of folks have the ambition of getting to the top of their industry, right? We we always look and we revere some of those that are the best that have ever done it, whether it's, I mean, if you're somebody who plays basketball, you know the best get basketball player. If you're somebody who, who swims, you know the best swimmer. We follow greatness in any industry we fall into. Uh, what are some tips you can give to some of our listeners, some entrepreneurs out there who might have ambitions of getting to the top of their industry? How can they go about doing something like that? So you heard the term thought leader, right? I don't love that term, but we all heard it. And basically these days with as many platforms as there are and podcasts and, and opportunities to write, depending on whether you write or speak or whatever, if you're only doing, you know, as an entrepreneur, if you're only doing your work, even if you're doing really good work, you're really falling behind and you're, you know, because other people who may not be as good as you, but they're taking those opportunities and there are a lot of them. And it's not just things like, um, you know, writing or, you know, appearing on podcasts, which by the way is huge. And I've noticed because I've been doing a lot of them and I was thinking of them as just a, you know, media opportunities, right. Which they are, but in the time of COVID, they're also insane networking and marketing opportunities. Yes. I was not looking for clients when I was doing podcasts, right. That wasn't my intent. It was more just the media, you know, talking about what I do but four different podcasters have hired me. And, you know, and that's because we're all the people who is listening and also the people listening, who's listening. We're all here doing business together. We don't have networking opportunities. We're all in this podcasting world, whether we're being guests or we're posting because we want to, you know, raise our visibility and we want to build our networking and we want to show the world what we can do and we can, you know, so it's huge. Like if you're listening and you're not in that, even just that space alone, you're really losing out. Not everybody's comfortable, you know, being a guest on podcasts. I get that. So if you if you'd be amazed if you have a publicist, which by the way I work internationally anywhere in the English speaking world, <laughs> and I do have specials, you know, for entrepreneurs who want to try it out because you know PR can be as intimidating as hiring a lawyer or as it can cost that much money as well. So I have like under a thousand dollar a month, even under six hundred dollar a month. Try it out, and you, know, you get this, this, and this package. So you start to see what I mean when I say the pitch. What I mean when I say editorial versus advertorial, because um, entrepreneurs and people in business, we know about how to write an ad. We know how to talk about our product. But that's when you do that with an editor, you lose the opportunity and you burn the bridge because they'll just direct you to the ad department. You need to understand what an, a news department look like and see your need. Sorry, see yourself as that expert and understand that. And I always say, I don't care. I can get media opportunities, whether you're, you know, whether you, you, like I always say, you know, whether you clean toilets in a hotel for a living, whether you're a lawnmower guy, those that you are an expert in whatever you do and you have knowledge that, you know, can be, whether it's media serving your field or media, mainstream media, talking about things that we don't necessarily know about that, you know, so there's a ton of opportunities to either put out your own press releases, if you really understand that. And, you know, you can reach out to the local newspaper, radio, TV, so they can talk about this, this and that. The other thing which entrepreneurs do not know is just like there's podcast matchup services. There's services that publicists use where on the daily, and I could 
I'm actually looking at one right now for this one magazine submitted new marketer for the Rising Star Awards. Uh, another magazine looking for how to reduce infrastructure costs. Another magazine looking to quote somebody on whether their business has updated their well-being and benefits policy for the year. So these are all opportunities of mainstream media. Like I've gotten clients in using these kind of things in good housekeeping, Oprah.com, The List, Reader's Digest, The List, New York Times. Yeah, and those are opportunities where articles are going to happen. They're looking for a quote. You literally be like, yeah. And so there are services, but you know, I could give the names of those services. But the problem is, you can burn your bridges as easily as you can build them if you don't know how to. You have to understand that again, that art of the pitch. Yeah. Understand what that means with the pitch. Have that about you. Why should they interview you? And once you have those components in place, though, and you're pitching appropriately, you'll be amazed how quickly you get media. Like if somebody hires me today. Honestly, I, I, I used to say, I don't know which one, you know, depends on this of you and your story, where we're going to get you, obviously. So I used to say, we don't know which ones, you know, we just start and see. And that's still true when it comes to, you know, we don't know if we're going to get you an NBC rolling or where it's going to be. It depends on, you know, what's, well, you know, we, we know that when we talk. But um, there's other things that on the side, like I know right off the top, I've developed relationships with magazines, with online, you know, magazines, with podcasters, with, you know, where I know once they, you know, when I, when someone comes on, if they're in the business space, they do this, this, oh, right away, I know I can get you profiled here. I can get an article here. You're like, what? Literally after a week of working with me, people's heads are spinning. They're shocked. They're sitting there like, there they have a nice profile in whatever magazine they're sharing. Their clients are freaking out there. And imagine you put that on your website, how that differentiates you in terms of social proof, you know, from buying an ad from your competitor who, you know, mm -hmm. so look at, I always use real estate as a great example because everyone knows 10 real estate agents and they yeah. spend so much money in advertising and how do they differentiate themselves looking exactly the same? Well, I have a real estate client that's hired me now because I said, I'll tell you, I see 50 media opportunities for real estate a day that you don't know about. And now a week after working with me or a month after he's hired me now for a year because all of a sudden he's gotten, you know, six podcast opportunities. Now he's internationally quoted. You know, yeah. and we get him here and there talking about luxury. Now we can say he's an internationally quoted expert in the lux market. Now he puts it on his site. He gets one client because of that. And he just made $100,000 off spending a thousand bucks on a publicist for, you so know, a month, build, right? so building the social proof with your expertise is Sounds really how you, you get the social proof, you get the attention. And then also when you come, your work backs it up. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who might be listening, who they, they have their company, they have their business or their niche, and they're moving up their ladder in their industry. They're starting to get attention and maybe they're, they're reaching out to you for your services or they, they are getting their attention organically, or maybe they have their own person who's putting them out in front of these opportunities to get interviewed and appear on media, but they're camera shy or they're afraid. They're not sure how to, how to present themselves or talk about their business. What are some tips you can give some entrepreneurs in terms of how to handle the interview well? So number one, you know, it always comes from, you know, here, right. And I, and usually, and I give a lot of talks when I ask to give, when they say, what do you want to speak about to an audience of entrepreneurs? And I, especially, you know, a lot of time when I'm speaking to women, especially because we have, where we train not to, not to be out there and brag about ourselves is I say, you know, build up, I have a little talk that's developed called build up yourself, you know, build up your um, business and then build up your community. And which means it starts from here. You have to realize you're an expert and that's, that's easy. I mean, it's, 
a lot harder than it sounds because people have this ingrained thing where they think, oh, I'm just a, I'm just an accountant. I'm just a whatever. I'm, the people that you see on TV are, are different. Number one, when you see people on TV, you know, in terms of what the business professionals interviewed, the only difference between them and you is that they have a publicist or they told the media what they're doing in an effective, compelling way. Right. Mm -hmm. So they were the ones that got quoted. They told the story. So they were the ones that got quoted. The media doesn't go looking far and wide for the bat. You're not going to be discovered if you just sit there and do good work. That's not the way it works. You know, it's, yeah. It's, you know, so you have to be confident in yourself. And by the way, I always say, then the, the building yourself and your business is great. Go make your million dollars. And the last part of that is, but use your platform, whether it's money you know, riches or platforms to make sure that you, you know, put back in, you build up your community causes, you care about the country, whatever it is that, you know, you're, you you feel called on. That's mm -hmm. part of it too. Cause if you just stop at number two, that's not success. You have to, you know, keep yeah, that. That's people ask me about business. That's what I'm going to tell them, you know, build up yourself, build up your business, make your million, whatever you got to do, but then put it, you know, yeah. there's more to it and you won't feel good on your deathbed with that. You won't. So you got to keep on, you know, building your legacy is, is doing, is being kind and, you know, giving a hand to other people and, you know, making sure that it's things are fair and equitable in the world. That's my activist, you know, little part, but, but, you know, in terms of training to go on media, know your little elevator pitch, because if you do get a little media spot, you won't, don't think it's going to necessarily be 10 minutes long. It may be, but you know, they're going to come on, they're going to ask you all kinds of questions and you may have lost the chance to say what you really, really wanted to say. So you may go off going, I really wanted to say, so try to say, and you got to go, you can't just jump in and be inappropriate. You got to follow their lead. But the first opportunity that you have to say your little Thing that you really want to get in there say it because the moment might be gone they might be saying thank you so much and how do we reach you before you know it <laughs> right yeah yeah so. <laughs> and then the end is there i i, I want to touch on because you you mentioned the the social issues in terms of like, make your build yourself up build your your business make your millions do something for the community and, and this is a question that I, I think is really important especially in the current climate of the world that we're in we're seeing a lot of these issues kind of boil up to the surface and I, i'd say they've been there for a long time but the attention around them has certainly increased and now you have uh whether it be social pressure whether it be companies just seeing the difference between right and wrong that are starting to take certain stances. Um, do you think a company should embrace a social issue and take a position on that? And, and how can a company go about doing that? So that I do, because I'm heart-based, social justice-based, and I'm an activist first, you know, if I put on just a PR hat, someone just might say, well, you know, if you do that, you might, um, alienate your base over there you might you might alienate your your racist redneck base well you know i'm here to say <laughs> i don't want your racist redneck base buying your product so if you come to me as a publicist and you want to you know ask me that question i'd be like you know what yes you, you honestly you I, I actually let go a couple of clients that i did not you know over the last year i thought that everybody that i ever worked with was you know like i always lived in this space where i thought that we were all you know happily anti-racist and we all agreed with that and there was some other people who weren't but we all agreed they, there was something wrong with those people and we weren't on board with them right and then unfortunately during this whole last year some people i don't know were locked up and started to go crazy town and let their stuff go i don't know but the social media showed us that a lot of people weren't who they thought who we thought they were and in terms of a lot of white people that i knew in other issues you know sad to say that i thought you know i've been marching behind them for 10 years you know on cannabis or whatever else and it turns out that 
right close to the surface. As soon as this stuff comes up, they're posting. Not, I'm not saying they're coming right out with like out. They would say they would say they're not racist. But I'm a longtime anti-racist, and I know the signs. Okay, you know. <laughs> so like if you're, if you're, yeah. you know what I mean. So if you're, if uh, there's some people that I just did not like the narrative that I could see was going on in their head about all this, and they tried a few times to say ah, you know, and then luckily, you know, and I, thankfully this all happened at the very end of our contract, and I didn't offer them the opportunity to renew because what I say is like. I don't care. You know, someone else will find me. If you if you're not using your social media that you already have, the platforms you already have, you know, I'm not saying you have to be out there saving the world every day, but if you're not adding something good to the world or you're not like at least not being negative, you know, and doing bad things with the platform you already have, then it's not going to be my business for whatever money to give you a bigger platform. I don't want to ever be responsible to give somebody a bigger platform and build their profile who's going to come up and then be a dink one day. Like that person I said at the beginning, you know, yeah. when I talked about move away from the computer and the special Patreon message. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I think, a really great message that a lot of people need to pay close attention to because um, some folks are hard to take a stance and they're afraid to alienate a certain, uh, certain demographic. But the, the reality is if your business doesn't have um, – doesn't have a personality, doesn't have a brand, then it doesn't have a loyal following. If you're neither right. hated and or your loved. vibe attracts your tribe, right? In real life, in business yeah. as well. Like, like I say, you know what? I'm sure there are people that in my career have Googled my name. Now, when you Google my name alive, it's all PR, great PR, 20 years. In the first five or 10 years of my career, you Google my name and as much of that came up as the death penalty stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So there was probably people who looked at that and was like, Huh. I don't know about this death penalty girl. Forget it. I don't like their, you know, whatever. She was like an activist. You know what? I didn't hear from them. They didn't hire me. I don't care. Who I did hear from is the people that were drawn to that who said, and that, again, controversial, you know? So, but people that were drawn to that didn't stop me. Look, I'm an international award-winning publicist way beyond most people in my field, right? People who are drawn to that, people who looked at, wow, it looks like you are a go-getter. Like you said, it looks like you're not afraid to get out there and talk, wow, I want someone like that to represent me. So you may turn off some people. Sure you will. You know, sure you will. But you're going to attract other people too. And who do you want at your table? You want that race, in this case of what I'm talking about, you want that racist redneck idiot who's going to be turned off because you stand there and say, I support Black Lives Matter with my company or, or you know, if you don't like that particular organization, hashtag, whatever, you know, I support the, which is ridiculous. I support the right to, you know, equality and equity. If you're, if you're not going to say that loud and proud because you're afraid of turning off somebody, then, you know, you know who you just turned off? Me and all my friends. We don't want yeah. nothing to do with your brand. Yeah. Yeah, right. there's a lot of people that would. So that who would do you want your brand to be, right? Yeah, and that's I think a, a lot of people have to have that in their mind is what do you want your brand to be? Where are you going with this? What is the message you're trying to put out in the world? Because at the end of the day, when you have a business, your presence and people are following to a certain extent the example that you set. Um, and and you've mentioned a, a few times. I wrote down before you can change the world. Raise your voice. People will listen. And, and so many people don't do any of this because. At a young age, we think we can do anything we want. And mm -hmm. then around adolescent, we we kind of lose scared. those <laughs> ambitious desires. And then we're like, oh, well, maybe I'll just, you know, settle into this safe career, right? And we we let go of some of those audacious goals that we had at such a young age because we lose that empowerment along the way. And, and I would say, especially for women, 
How can we unlock that empowerment within ourselves, have the confidence to show up in the room like we're supposed to be there, sit down and attend the meeting like, hey, I am meant to sit in this seat and you're meant to hear the input that I have to this project because I deserve to be here. How can we unlock that within us? And especially right. like for you women really who might have, have that timidness. You have to do it. Like, again, here I am. Let me tell you guys a story. So, again, I didn't go to school for this. I, you know, literally, I didn't. If I, if I walk into a room, people see my, people see my resume. I walk into the room, they lay out the red carpet. They're like, it doesn't matter who they are. They could be the biggest executive in the world. They could be, and they're like, oh, Tracy, it's great to have you here. What, you know, honor just have you here if I, if they see my resume, right? And here's another thing I'm conscious of. If I don't send my resume ahead and I walk into some networking room or whatever room with all kinds of big, you know, old white guys with suits and ties from the corporate finance world, and I come in, I'm, I'm with my crazy glasses and I'm the fat girl with the bright red hair. Do you think they're sitting there going, I'm going to go over to that girl for a beeline because she's going to make my career? She's going to be, no, all of a sudden they're thinking, who's that? the crazy red hair over there. You know what I mean? So I've been underestimated my whole life. It's not like the same kind of challenge as, you know, people have to face in terms of racism and equity. I'm going to, you know, back say that. Well, I haven't been privileged in money or, con or, or um, contacts initially. I had to build that. I certainly, you know, have to accept that I have the privilege that other people don't start from here. You know, they just, especially in America where they're fighting some really nasty people who really want to keep it down you know i'm still really yeah. understanding how much people how many people there are who really just want to keep things bad right so that's a hard barrier but beyond that so you, you know you're going to have to realize there's going to be people who are, for whatever reason won't take you seriously and then you're going to have to fight and you're going to have to but you know what it's not your business what they think of you don't think of that you have every right to be there like like my second trip to hollywood i've been there the first time you know on business so i knew my space around the, the w hotel so the second time when i go it's oscars weekend or whatever and i'm walking by the w hotel i see there's some big event which is clearly an industry event with a doorman at the door and you know people going in and all i knew and i was well dressed you know for hollywood right ready i was going somewhere else and i looked flashy so i'm either i'm either crazy or i'm someone you know what i mean yeah <laughs> so, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel sometimes. So I walk in the so I walk up, I literally and all I knew had in my head when I walk in this I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go into the bathroom. Because I knew exactly where the bathroom was, which was right through that party in that lobby of that hotel. And so I walked right in in my head, I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom, which I know where it was. I and I walk out of this and I, I nod at the doorman as I walk in. Not a word. I'm in. Yeah. Just go on in. <laughs> and then I walked in. <laughs> And I went to the bar and I ordered myself, you know, whatever, a little plate. And they had these long, it was these long, long tables. And everybody was just talking. And clearly they were networking and they didn't all know each other or whatever. And I lit, so I literally went and I went down. Like I literally just went down, didn't even have a chat to talk. I sat at one of the tables and I just looked at like, you know, smile like I was supposed to be there. And somebody turns around to me. The first thing they say is like, hi, you look like somebody I should know. And I'm in. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use that one day. Just kind of walk towards the bathroom and sit down and. I'll have to make and sure I'm wearing something it, The thing is, it wasn't, in my head, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't thinking, I'm going to sneak past this garden, go to the bathroom. I'm just like, yeah, look, oh, looks like there's an event. Anyway, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <Yeah>, you're supposed <laughs> to be there, right? You you kind of just move and act like you're supposed to be there and everybody. And you are supposed to be there. So that's an example. You know, I'm not saying go in and try to break your way into things. That was just a natural, easy. But the point is, I felt like I had every reason. I knew, I knew that, you know, I had every reason to be there. If they start talking to me, I'm not, I'm not scared of these people. They should yeah. know me. Yeah. Maybe we can do some business together is how you should feel instead of like, oh, these people, because though I've been at those tables and they're just like you and me, you know what I mean? It's like, there's no difference at those tables, you know, and if they're not just like you and me, they're not tables you want to be at anyway. Absolutely. 
Now, um, last question before I want to share some of your information for our, our listeners and our viewers is with that confidence getting in the room and even if you're getting that media interview and you're you're crushing the interview, what are some of the benefits that you, your business can experience when you start putting your brand out there, when you start putting yourself out there, getting in those rooms, sharing your thoughts, your insights, your expertise, um, what are some of the return on investment folks can see by actually executing on that? So um, insane, like networking for me has been literally, and even these days, even these days when it's this and it's LinkedIn, you know, in the last six months, you know, when nobody's been going anywhere and there's been no, I've literally, one of my contracts that I'm insanely proud of right now is one of the top broadcasters uh, and television stars in Africa and superpower woman there. She's got three shows there, one called Shiro's, which is seen in nine countries across the continent. And she's coming to Canada to do the international version. Wow. Of heroes. And not only am I the publicist, again, what? But like, <laughs> again, this is for like, ugh, I can't even believe this stuff. Not only am I the publicist, but I'm also the executive producer. So like, honestly, the people like I'm for, I'm, I'm still shocked and honored. The people that come to me and trust me with their messaging, you know, diverse collection of people from across industries, from across countries to uh, across ages, literally doing all across, everybody doing all kinds of cool. And only one thing in common is they all are, you know, whether they're music, you know, whether they're stars, whether they're music, whether they're authors, whether they're in business, they're all awesome. They're all ethical people that I'm super happy to see succeed. And that I really feel good about, you know, and, I, and I'm, again, honored that they cho- choose me, you know, without my without my PR degree to get yeah. there. <laughs> no PR degree. I learned all this on my own. I very rarely even met another publicist, never even read a book on it. So like, yeah, this is the crazy version of PR and it seems to work. Tracy, you are an example of what happens when someone puts their passion behind the learning and applying that that skill set to to transfer that from uh, helping someone get off of death row to now growing the awareness and the social proof and really the media coverage of people's businesses, their books, their projects. It's it shows that. When you learn something and you're good at it and you let your work speak for you and you get in the room unapologetically, that there is a lot of success that can come on the other end of that. And I really hope a lot of our listeners can kind of see you as an example of believing in themselves, empowering themselves and putting themselves out there. And if they need help doing so, how can folks get in contact with you? How can folks reach you and, and, uh, <laughs> and link up? <laughs> um, yeah, so you can find me, Lamori Media. That's L-A-M-O-U-R-I-E, like Lamour, and then I-E media.com, um, which is love in French, by the way, and that is not a pen name. And here, interestingly, Tracy means bold and courageous. And then Lamori, so I'll, I'll take that. Bold and courageous and love? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, lamorimedia.com or you can find me on Facebook where I live, Tracy Lamori. Instagram is Tracy Lamori PR Media. Um, and the old technology called the telephone. Mm-hmm. You can call or text 289-788-5881. And um, uh, that's in Toronto. I also have a Beverly Hills phone number, which is directed to my Toronto number, but you can call 424-444-8052 and imagine me sitting in a palm tree instead of, you know, but it's not, right? But either way, please reach me and I'm happy to do a free half hour consult for anybody who really, you know, this sounds interesting, but they just, what do you mean? Could you really get me in media? Yeah, you, I mean you. And again, I do, PR can be crazy expensive. Usually it's like 3,000 bucks a month, three months minimum for corporate. 
that's not possible for most entrepreneurs. So I offer it under a thousand dollars a month. You can get either for both under a thousand a month, you can pick either a, a budget intro to PR package, which you will at the end of that month have media. I guarantee it. Or you can pick the full service PR, which is where we do all kinds of your messaging and press releases. Blah, blah, blah. But anyway, yeah. you can try it out. So I challenge you, if you have a, you know, a marketing budget, take a little bit of it out and let me show you what I can do. Cause even if you only do a month at the end of that month, you're going to have that pitch and you're going to understand that pitch. You can even use it yourself, you know, mm -hmm. set on your own and you're going to have some understanding of the kind of media. And also you'll have a platform because I will have got you some media that you can build on. So amazing. Yes. <laughs> Tracy, I'll have all those links in the show notes for folks so they can go ahead and click that and they can be uh, adverted to those links right away. I'll be have, sure to have the numbers there as well. Thank you so much for taking the time and being with us today. I think our, our listeners and our watchers got a lot of value from it, Tracy. Thank you, Chad. Please, you keep in touch too. I really appreciate it. It's a nice conversation. Yes, absolutely. It would be an absolute pleasure. And really quick, I just want to wrap up some of the uh, the the nuggets you dropped along the way for our, from our listeners. I love doing a little recap because there is so much to be be learned in the last thirty minutes. First and foremost, you can change the world. Just not enough people think they can do so. You have to have that that empowerment within you and raise your voice. And people will listen. And of course, uh, if if you're only doing your work. You're falling behind. Tracy said that that you have to pull attention around the work that you're doing. You are an expert and it's important to kind of put yourself out there so you can actually get some social proof around what you're doing. And then you can burn your, the bridges as easily as you build them. Make sure that you really kind of nurture those relationships that you've already established with those that might be in media or even those business relationships that you have. Treat them, nourish them, and water them so they can continue to grow. And of course, your, yourself yourself, your business, your community. No problem starting with yourself, no problem growing your business and making your millions. But as Tracy says, if you come to the to the end and you're on your deathbed and you haven't contributed to the community, to the world with what you've built, then it's not a success. I couldn't agree more. I appreciate Tracy taking the time today and I appreciate you making it to the end with us here on the podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend or someone who would also get value from this. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe so you can catch our new episodes every week. And we would definitely appreciate a rating so you can let us know how we're doing. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to CamaraderieCowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know. You just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.